This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 624 of Horse Tip Daily. A different horse tip, a different equine topic, a different equestrian expert every day. Horse Tip Daily brings the world of equine knowledge to you one day at a time. Today's tip is brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, NALOX and NALOX Advanced. Support your horse's digestive tract from beginning to end. Hi, Coach Jen here, and thanks for tuning in to Horse Tip Daily. Today's tip is about the weird things horses eat. It's an excerpt from the Horses in the Morning show, episode number eight, featuring Christy West and Dr. Jones and the whole gang from the Horses in the Morning show. But before we get to our tip, let's hear from today's sponsor. Well, if you're a regular listener to the show, you know we talk a lot about Kentucky Performance Products, and that's because they are a name you can trust to give you the most value for your supplement money. Kentucky Performance Products offer supplements designed to target specific problems and are made with high-quality ingredients included at effective levels. The company's supplements are intended to complement, not compete, with your dressage horse's current feeding program, guarding against over-supplementation, and each product is backed by sound research and the money-back satisfaction guarantee. And today, we'd like to talk to you about NALOX, the original equine antacid. It's recommended by veterinarians and leading horsemen as a way of maintaining a healthy stomach, which reduces the risk of ulcers. NALOX can be given daily to horses exposed to stressful conditions or as needed when shipping, competing, or during stall confinement. You know, you can learn about NALOX and all the products at Kentucky Performance Products at KPP. USA.com. That's Kentucky Performance Products at KPPUSA.com. Now, enjoy today's tip. Joining us is Dr. Erin Denny Jones, who is the owner of Florida Equine Veterinary Services in Claremont, and she's also a former chairman of the Owner Education Committee of the AAEP, which is the American Association of Equine Practitioners, the Association of Equine Veterinarians in this country. Erin, are you there? Yes, I am. Good morning. Oh, good. Good morning, Eric. <laughs> good to have you here. Um, our topic today for the horse health segment is the crazy things horses eat, and I'm sure we all have some wonderful stories about that. Uh, but first, I'd like to let everyone get to know Erin a little bit. Erin, can you tell us a little bit about why you became a vet and what your practice is like? My practice, I'll start with my practice because I don't like talking about myself very much. My practice is a 100% equine practice. It's mostly inventory. We do have a clinic facility that does uh, some sports medicine and reproductive work out of the, f- the facility. And I've been uh, owner of it for 15 years. I've been a practicing veterinarian for 18 years. I'm a University of Missouri graduate. Go Tigers. And uh, I've just always had a love for animals, just like any other kid. And uh, the horses really brought my attention more than the dogs and cats did uh, over the years. And uh, I haven't ter- I haven't looked back since I was 15, so that's what I knew I was going to do when I was 15, and just keep going. That's perfect. It's always good to uh, to know what you want to do early and to be doing exactly what you want to do. But how's it go? If you if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life. Yes. Very <laughs> true. Very true. Okay. So let's uh, let's move on to our topic today: the crazy things horses eat. Uh, we did a poll on the horse.com a little while back to just to see what our uh, what our readers could think of as far as the craziest things our horses had ever eaten and drank, and we had a, a huge number of responses. Um, we had everything from, from meat to alcoholic drinks, and I'm not sure if that says more about the horses or the owners, 
Um, <laughs> we've got fruits and vegetables. We've got in some strange things. My current favorite is the wedding ring. I don't know if anybody ever got that one back. That's a little bit scary. Uh, but I was hoping oh. we could talk a little bit today about some of those things and, um, you know, if, if any of these things are safe for horses to eat, what you should do if your horse is eating one of these things that's maybe not so good. So let's let's start with the meats. We had several owners saying that horses ate anything from brats on buns with mustard to beef stew to chicken McNuggets, crawfish, fried chicken, stealing burgers Ew. off the grill, which is a whole other issue we won't get into. Anchovies on toast. What do you What are your thoughts uh, from a veterinary standpoint on horses eating meats? Well, the first thing right off the bat is they're not going to get any nutritional value out of it. So um, <laughs> horses are curious animals, and um, so they'll try about anything. And, you know, that's when they get into trouble is because they're so curious. And so they'll try any kind of somewhat good-smelling, good-tasting item you put in front of them, but whether they get any value out of it uh, remains, you know, to their digestive system. Their, their system's set up for just like a rabbit, just for like vegetative uh, products going through. Uh, grasses, any other kind of greens, because they will uh, ferment them. And then the fermentation process is what gives them the energies. So with the meats, that that's a high protein. It's going to go in and go out. It's really not going to have much effect for them. It's not okay. bad for them. <laughs> no, not unless you've probably got mad cow disease going on <laughs> or they've eaten large quantities of it. But usually, like I said, they're curious animals. One or two bites not going to make a big deal to the horse. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. What about any issues with things like um, some people said their horse had stealing, stolen fried chicken out of a bucket? I mean, what about bones? Bones I'd be concerned about, yes. Definitely be big, be concerned about any kind of sharp items that went in, um, and bones would be included in that. They probably, I hate to say it, they probably swallowed it whole. And then you have these concerns of choke um, when they swallow things like that whole because there is some narrowing of the esophagus when it when it carries itself over the heart and they can block it up in that area and start to choke. Now, do you, do you, should you, can I ask you a question here, Christy? Do you, um, at that point, if you know your horse has eaten, you know, a couple of fried chicken legs, if you know your horse has eaten that, is that something, is that a time to call the vet, or is it, you know, what, what, what then? I'm assuming that's a question for me. Yeah, <laughs> uh, sorry. Yes, yeah, that's all right, because you had said, Christy, I'm with her there. Yeah, it's always good to just at least give a heads up to your veterinarian to let them know what happened. And the vet may come out right away and go ahead and tube, is what we call it, tube the horse and pass a stomach tube down into the stomach and pass some mineral oil to help move that product along. We do that all the time um, when they get into the feed bins, grain overload, uh, eat products they're not supposed to. There's one that was on your list, Christy. It was uh, 20 pounds of cat food. I think I would have yeah. uh, wanted to go out and see that horse and uh, tube it with some mineral oil to help move that along because that might have some residual problems of toxicities to the horse. So, And maybe they did. Maybe that person did have their vet out right away to take care of that. I've um, I've seen horses hog feed, chicken feed, those kind of things, and uh, there can be some products. Some of those products are made with um, um, things in them that will – cause problems to the horse's digestive system or cause toxicities, which can result in laminitis and colic. Yeah. Now, actually, a couple of those things you mentioned, I have had here, I've, I've lived on my farm for six months, uh, doctor, and two of those things have happened to me. The first, right out of the block, my horse decided that he could open the tack shed 
go through the tax shed and then go to the back where I keep the feed. And he proceeded to eat 30 pounds of equine seniors. So that was a four to $500 morning uh, yeah. <laughs> that I didn't yeah. really want to have. <laughs> and you brought up a very is, good you brought up a very good Go point ahead. is they're very nimble with their mouth and their lips. They can turn doorknobs and they can oh, yeah. flip candles. So what I always tell people is my, my system is a two, blo- a two lock system and it's not two locks on one door. It's two barriers. So you put your feet right. into a barrier of some sort, something like with a padlock, but doesn't actually have to be a locked padlock, something that they can't flip the lid open. And then you have a lock on your door. So you have two barriers right. before they can actually get to that product that you don't want them to get into. And that includes chemicals for your fertilizing and your weed um, spreading in your um, yards and things like that. The other thing my horse did, well, we have a, a pony and we also have a chicken coop. We only have four chickens. But my pony actually flipped open the chicken coop, got down on his knees, stuck his head in the chicken coop, and <laughs> ate all of the chicken scratch that was in there which was uh-huh. the most amazing feat of gymnastics ever done by a pony. Yes, <laughs> they are amazing, aren't they? They will do that. You're not the first uh, story I've heard on that, getting down to their knees, getting underneath something. It's amazing. <laughs> Did he crow the next morning? That's my question. <laughs> Did he, yeah, yeah, no, he did not, but I did have to watch him for colic because it's a pony, and he ate at least 5 to 10 pounds, and I, you know, I'm panicked about stuff like that. So he did not crow. He did not lay an egg, unfortunately, <laughs> but um, we did have to move the coop and move the feed, and I've just cleared out everything that is within possible reach. We even moved the chicken coop out of the field. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, that was the, probably the best prevention. Uh, our best medicine is the prevention that you just did for that. And, again, mine with the two barriers is the prevention. And I have to explain yeah. that to my clients because I'll say two-lock system. Well, what, what it really is is it's a two-barrier system, not two locks on the door because people, you know, they forget to do the locks. It just happened. It's human nature. Or your horse takes off the entire lock, which is what the pony did, and the chicken coop by actually just <laughs> removing the entire thing with his mouth, cutting his mouth in the process, and then eating all the chicken feed. So they, there is no limit to what they will do to get in to whatever they want to get into. Absolutely. They are creative. Well, in the uh, somewhat in the theme of horses ending up on their knees, the next thing I had on my list to talk about was alcohol. <laughs> And we had yeah. some of our readers have, have fed their horses or their horses have gotten into uh, anything from Captain Morgan and Coat to shots of hot dam to a whole pitcher of beer. Erin, um, oh. tell us a little bit about that. <laughs> well, there's never been a study that has um, rated or had a horse blow into a, um, a breathalyzer <laughs> to see what is their level. So I can't tell you what would be a toxic level for these horses. But it's usually just more done at a party, uh, post-show uh, celebration, um, at end of the day uh, trail ride, and, and you're going to have a beer at the end of the day kind of thing. So usually they're not too um, threatening to the horse. And a lot of the stunt um, riders will do that as, you know, not necessarily as a beer when they're doing it in the show arenas and stuff, but they might have a can that says beer on the side of it. And their horse does have an affinity for it. Um, but as far as being harmful to the horse, there's never been a, a, a case where a horse has gotten so toxic from those that they've had problems um, with the horse. They just, again, have an affinity for things that have a sweet taste to it, and then they're also very curious. Okay. So, so on this, in the 60 really Minutes like- episode, 
Zenyatta actually was caught drinking a Guinness every day. So that's not gonna that's not gonna hurt Zenyatta and her chances of racing by drinking a Guinness every day. <laughs> no, no, it actually might help her. The old um, tale is is if you give dark beer like a Guinness to a horse, it will help them sweat better. Um, we've tried that here in Florida for those that come down here and they shut down. They're sweating, and we've given them dark beers, and some it works on and some it doesn't. So that's probably one of the theories is they're trying to keep her to sweat well by giving her the dark Guinness. So, yes, we have been giving beers. I, I know of horses that have gotten pitchers of beers to help them with their sweating, and they have no side effects to it. Of course, some of them have sweated and some have not. Well, we're speaking... We're speaking to Christy from The Horse, and we're speaking to Dr. Jones, who is from <clears throat> Florida Equine Veterinary Services, and we're talking about uh, what horse, what the crazy things that your horse has eaten. And if you want to chip in on that, give us a call at 347-637-3238. Tell us what's the craziest thing your horse has ever eaten. Go ahead, Christy. I just wanted to invite people to give us a call. No, I, hey, people have wonderful stories. I'd love to hear some of them. Um, but uh, moving on from from the alcohol, we've also had several people say that their horses had eaten wildlife, um, dead birds that they'd found in the pasture, um, on occasion a live bird or mouse. I'm not quite sure how they got a hold of the live bird, but somehow that happened to happen. Goldfish out of a fish tank, um, a caterpillar, what? which of course makes me think of Maryland's <laughs> mm-hmm. Boss Syndrome in Kentucky a few years ago. Tell, tell Aaron, have you heard of any of those? Um, yes, I have. Uh, it's been, you know, more chance than anything else. Like the goldfish in, the, in a gold in a in a bowl as they were drinking, and it accidentally got sucked up. Um, you know, it was a fish. Basically, it wasn't the goldfish idea, but um, that's one of the stories I have. And then um, wildlife out in the field is, you know, they caught them and they had eaten something that was out in the field, out in the pasture, dead. Uh, it wasn't like they went straight to it. It just happened to be in their grazing path. So it's it's more chance. And a lot of times they're doing it now when you and I don't know about it, and they seem to be perfectly fine. But, again, if they have excess amounts of certain uh, dead things, there are some bacteria that re- that lie in those dead animals that could disrupt their uh, gastrointestinal tract. And, again, calling the vet if you do catch it, say, hey, this happened. The vet may want to come out, just do an exam, make sure everything's fine, or just have you watch the horse depending on what it is. The caterpillars, that was the most devastating for Kentucky. And still can be. People are being very cautious about the uh, tent caterpillars and them eating them and causing the um, mare reproductive loss syndrome. So it's not necessarily all gastrointestinal. It's the toxins that are released through the gastrointestinal system, through the blood that can affect other parts of the body. Again, laminitis, the foundering in a horse, there's there's just those other things that can trigger um, bad sequelas. So, again, a- any of those weird things that you've seen them eat, it's still best to run them by your vet. Some may be really concerning and some may be just watch and see. Gotcha. And, of course, on occasion, a dead mouse or something can get bailed into the hay as well, right? Absolutely. I mean, there's always parts in those bailed hays. People don't realize that it's out in the field and they bail it up and whatever's in the field comes. That includes weeds. We have a uh, talk every year on toxic weeds and people are saying, Oh, I don't you know, I I fertilize my pasture and I do weed master on my pasture. Well they don't realize some of the toxic weeds come through their hay. And they look differently when scorpions. they're dried out. We get yeah. scorpions in the hay here. It's horrible. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And then you of course you have the blister beetle that everybody knows about in alfalfa. 
So you have to watch for those. But there there are some things that can occur in hay. So when you swap out and have new batches of hay, it's always good to let the vet know if you have a colic incident that, yeah, you have a new batch of hay. Maybe it's something in that new batch of hay. Good to know. All right, we also have a number of people who have had their horses eat uh, various fruits, vegetables, anything from zucchinis to melons to onions to cherries and jalapeno peppers or any particular fruits and vegetable things that people should watch out for and make sure to keep their horses away from? Well, they, um, one that, that's noted in most of the toxicology books is the avocado, um, but it has to be a, a large amount of avocado. Um, and, of course, here in Florida, they'll eat the oranges and grapefruits off the ground because we have citrus uh, groves that have been refurbished into pastures that some of the old um, fruit that falls down on the ground, they'll eat. And the problem with that is they will uh, cause choke because they will block the esophagus and uh, they aren't able to swallow anymore. So oh, those are do they just not chew up the, the citrus? Is that where it causes the right. problem? Yeah, they'll swallow whole, like the small tangerines and things like that. Yeah, you'd be surprised. They're surprised. It also happens in cattle, too. Um, but, wow. the, yeah, it, it's um, very concerning. Again, it's not just your colic that you'd worry about. It's a It's a choke incident and something to that effect. So. All right, I have a I have a totally unnatural eating incident that I have a question about. Um, we had a pony as a kid that we I don't remember how it happened, but he ate a pair of gloves, little kids little kids winter gloves. Um, and the pony was fine. It took you know yeah. I don't, we never saw the gloves again, so we're assuming they came out in some way, <laughs> shape, or form. But would it make a difference if the gloves were cotton versus polyester? No, it won't make a difference there, but a, but a glove would concern me. And this will go on to, and it was uh, something Christy and I had spoken about earlier, is um, metal objects, but it can't even be baling twine, because they'll eat baling twine. So they've eaten rubber tires that people have turned inside out and made feeders out of up north um, that you know are great little solid feeders out in the field. They've eaten those rubber tires, and those things will cause colic. They, they create what we call a nidus or a, a center that a bunch of more stuff can accumulate, stuff meaning dirt from the pasture oh, uh, down like here in Florida, pearl, sand. Yes, a pearl, same idea. And then we get what we call an enterolith or a rock in the intestinal tract. Those are the most frustrating for veterinarians to diagnose because they'll colic and then they get better. They colic and they get better. And it's because the rock rolls into a spot and makes them colic and it rolls out and it rolls in and it rolls out. Wow. And, um, those are when we see consistent colic in a horse over time. We start to think about that and find out that they eat anything unusual. Well, some, half the time they don't know. It's out in the pasture. You don't um, even know but, they ate it, yeah. Right, but we've seen hay nets in colic surgery. Um, we've oh. seen, like I said, the oh. rubber tires in colic surgery, uh, all sorts of unique things. And then those enterolists, the rocks, those are the most fascinating because you can x-ray them and you can see the center if there's a metal object. A lot of times it's not. It's just a, a makeup of uh, the pasture content that they have as a high chemical content, and it starts creating the small rock, and then the rock starts gathering more and more and more uh, stuff over time. It doesn't necessarily have to start off with a metal object or any object. But a lot of times you'll see like a washer, a nail, roofing nail, we've seen sometimes in the center of these, all, all sorts of interesting uh, items. What's so the, what's a wedding ring might thing? be in the middle of an underlith of a horse if they <laughs> see it come back <laughs> out. <laughs> what's the weirdest thing that you've seen? You're in Florida, so I imagine that you've seen some strange things. What is the weirdest thing that you've been called out to for, for a horse eating? Oh, boy. <laughs> I'd have to say the hay nut. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The hay nut yeah. is probably the most unique, yeah. And, uh, you know, it was retrieved at colic surgery. 
um, and that was the smartest way to go um, for the horse. We didn't want to wait until it became an absolute emergency. But, yeah, the hay net. The hay net was it. Uh, you know what? Us horse husbands hate hay nets with a passion anyway. So I say outlaw <laughs> hay nets. That's my... Well, that's the, my uh, the nice hay nets are the ones that have the hole in the middle, and they don't have the multiple um, openings all the way around, the actual net one. So the the hay bags I, I like much better because they can't... We're going to vote her all horse husbands of America officially like Dr. Jones right now. <laughs> well, I'll tell you one thing. I don't have hay nets in my barn. Good. <laughs> well, so, Dr. Christy, Jones, you do, you, said, do you ride? Yes, ma'am, I do. You said you have horses. What do you do? So I, yeah, oh, at the moment now I don't. I am in the process of raising a two-year-old child. So my last horse left me right prior to that uh, two-year-old uh, being born. So now I'm in the in the works of trying to get back on the horse again. But mostly uh, I, I grew up with Western Pleasure and um, barrel racing, and now my interest is in eventing and dressage. That's my girl. <laughs> <laughs> Running the whole I think I got another fan out others? there. Was there any others on your list, Christy? I have a couple others, but I know we're also running short on time. Um, probably the, the last thing I wanted to address is human snack foods, because we had a number, a, a whole huge range of those, as you can guess. But one of the first things that a lot of people would ask about is whether the, the sugar in those snack foods for a horse that has Cushing's or metabolic syndrome or anything like that might be a concern. Yeah, let's do that one, and then we'll wrap. Okay. Yeah, those those would be concerned, but they'd have to, again, take large, uh, large amounts, large quantities. Most of the time, the people are not feeding uh, like a full bag of Doritos or a um, six-pack or 12-pack of Pepsi. They're probably just doing a can or a little bit taste while they're eating, and those things aren't going to create too much harm. So just so like in a okay. human... Oh, sorry. Yeah, but, sorry. Just like in a human, one tasty cake is fine, but a box full of tasty cakes, not so much. Yeah, probably don't put the uh, box of donuts out in front of their stall if you know they're going to be snatching it up because you'll get left. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's what I'll I was going to tell you is at a horse show we we left a whole a whole table full of sna- like sandwich things. My horse ate an entire jar of pickles, so I guess that's okay as long as he doesn't get any more. Or he doesn't get the jar itself. Yeah, how did he get them out of the jar? <laughs> Uh, he knocked it over and ate every oh. pickle and the whole thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have thought a horse would eat a pickle, but he did. Well, you guys, thank you so much for joining us. Of course, the Horse Health Report, we've had Christy West from thehorse.com and Dr. Aaron Denny-Jones, owner of Florida Equine Veterinary Service, and we'd love to have you back on, uh, Dr. Jones, anytime. It was an absolute pleasure talking to you. Well, there you go. What a fun conversation. To listen to more tips from thehorse.com, go to horsetipdaily.com and go to the experts drop-down menu on the left. If you just love listening to Glenn and Jamie put in their two cents about horse health topics, you can tune in, tune in to them at the Horses in the Morning show, horsesinthemorning.com. And don't sp- forget to support our sponsors here on Horse Tip Daily because they're the ones that make these podcasts possible. Today's sponsor has been Kentucky Performance Products. Ask for Kentucky Performance Products NALOX and NALOX Advanced at your local feed and supply store, or you can visit them online at kppusa.com. Please stop by the Horse Tip Daily Facebook page and let us know what you think of the tips you hear on the show. It's also a great place to tell us about topics you'd like to hear us cover on the show. You can subscribe to all the great shows on the Horse Radio Network through iTunes or Zune and get your horse podcasts 
automatically downloaded to your iPod, Zune, or MP3 player. You can also listen to the shows right on Facebook. The player's right there every day. I'll be back again tomorrow with another new expert and a different horse tip. Until then, go ride your horse! The Horse Radio Network and the Horse Radio Network hosts are not responsible for statements of guests or their opinions. Use your own judgment when listening to the tips provided by the experts on Horse Tip Daily. (laughs) 